0: Let's just offer up a hand clap of praise. If you believe he is worthy of all the praise that we even have to give. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you. We praise you because you've promised to be in the midst. You've promised us to inhabit the praises of your people. So I offer up a more excellent praise. Looking forward to what you're going to do in our midst. Lord, you are an awesome God, and when you show up, things change for the better. When you show up, demons flee. When you show up, there is hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I'm so excited to share what God has put on my heart, something he's been working working me over with. For a while here, I finally put pencil to paper, erased it, and then wrote it to where I could read it. Um, But uh, I'd like to start, just jump right into it. Um, First of all, I'd like to give my pastor honor, and uh, if he were here, I would let him know that the honor of being in this pulpit is not taken lightly, and uh, be praying for your pastor while he is away. I know he would appreciate every single one of those prayers. Let's start in James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall, when, when ye fall into diverse temptations. And Romans 3, 23 says, For all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of Of God, you can be seated. Brother Rick, I remember learning certain skills, certain uh, sports, especially with uh, snowboarding, to where if you don't learn how to fall gracefully, the lessons are very painful. There's something I tell my son all the time when he does something dumb and then pays for it physically. I say, wow, son, I'm sorry that happened, but uh, some lessons are tough. Yeah, yeah. Right? Brother James. Brother James. <laughs> <laughs> That's my wife's fault. <laughs> but I remember... I... <laughs> I remember when I was learning, first learning how to snowboard, I would get off that mountain and barely be able to hold the steering wheel. I was just driving home with, with stubs, it felt like, because I did not learn how to fall gracefully. I learned how to go fast. Now, learning how to fall gracefully doesn't mean that the point of what I'm doing by strapping this board to my feet is learning how to fall The main focus isn't to spend time on the ground. It's to spend time slidey side down Right So when I Relate this to our spiritual walks when I say fall gracefully, I don't mean Sinning's okay If you go home and take that away from this, you've missed my point completely. But there's this attitude where we don't even want to talk about failure. I don't even want to think about falling until my face is about to hit the ground, and then I don't even know what to do when I get there. In fact, I hope nobody's looking because my pride is hurt so bad. And that's if I didn't scrape half the skin off my face. Relate that to the spiritual, if I don't like thinking about failure, there's a lot of Bible that I have to skip. There's a lot of word that I have to just kind of flip past saying, I don't want to think about that. You see, it never teaches us that sin is okay, but it says we've all fallen short. We all, and and guess what? I'm not going to make it to the end without any, making any more mistakes. My mistakes aren't done. I aim not to make any more. As I careen down that spiritual mountain, I hope I don't fall. But I serve a God that has given me a way out. I serve a God that has given me instructions on how to get back on my feet. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Think about that for a second. The fine line that is in between the just man, and you fill in the blank there, the mischievous, the the man in the wrong, the sinner, the one that's not redeemed, The only dividing line right there is getting back up again. If all your Bible characters stopped after their first or even their big mistake, guess what? You wouldn't have any. How do we fall gracefully? I'll tell you how. A lifestyle of repentance. Repentance is, as we look at it, the start of salvation. Not that I'm saying you're not going to have this happen first and that happen first. But the first thing we look at is a repentant heart. Realizing that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I'm not going to make it to heaven on my own, no matter how many toilets I scrub, no matter how many rugs I vacuum. I can't work myself into heaven. If it wasn't for that unmerited favor, that grace that I could never earn, equipping me to live a life a different way, giving me the power to turn from sin and walk on a higher path. A narrow, higher path. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't make it. So it is the start of our salvation journey. And I'm choosing my words carefully, and I am not misspeaking here. No one needs to check with pastor afterwards. It is also how you keep it. It's how you keep your salvation. Because I'm imperfect. I'm going to mess up. But guess what? The Bible still describes me as a just man. If I get up one more time, than I fall. I need to hurry here. Many miss the blessings that a lifestyle of repentance brings for two main reasons that I see. The first one is that they have the wrong impression of God himself. Either that he's this judgmental tyrant that I could never live up to. Or he's this kindly old man that turns a blind eye to the moral condition of man. Of of man. Well, guess what? He's neither. Psalms 51 gives us this beautiful example of a man who has messed up. One of your Bible characters that didn't let his mistakes define him. The powerful prayer of King David is the perfect example of repentance. I wish I could get into this a little more but what he did in a nutshell he committed adultery with a married woman tried to cover it up with murder and then used his position to try to cover it up That's from bad to worse That's that's how the you know we talk to our kids I'm sure you've done the same thing where lies create more lies and pretty soon you're so deep in. This is a similar situation. Lies, murder, infidelity, you name it. But was that the end of the story? No, it wasn't. I'm going to skip around in a few verses here. Verses 1 through 3 says, yeah, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. I can't fix this by pretending it's not there. I can't wait until my face hits the ground to realize I've messed up. He already knew who to go to. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin because I can't do it. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. We all need some renewing from time to time. restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit then then will i teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto me unto thee do you want to know how to become weary and well doing have some unresolved sin in your life You want to talk about some baggage that holds you down and you're trying to fight an enemy with one arm behind your back that you've willingly put there? Let me tell you tonight, you don't have to fight like that. You don't have to fight at a disadvantage. God's given us a way out. Get up one more time and fight that good fight with everything you have. This battle is hard enough hard enough with both our hands we need every advantage that god has laid out for us ooh i better hurry the second big reason i see is that a, is a misunderstanding of what sin is and what it does some think of it only as the worst behavior very serious issues but i don't really see myself doing that so i'm not a sinner or maybe the other side of the spectrum is they see it as, as it's so common and less serious that ah, everyone makes mistakes. Ah, it's no big deal. Nobody's perfect. I'm pretty good. David's, David's understanding of God's nature deeply informs his understanding of sin. David knows that there is one that is perfect. When David speaks of transgressions and iniquity, which that's, if you don't know what that means, transgressions is crossing a boundary. God has set boundaries. And iniquity is missing the mark. I miss the mark sometimes. We all miss the mark sometimes. But there's something to set for someone who gets up and tries. If we continue to get up, and that means not just stand up, although sometimes that's all you can do is stand. Your world is in so much turmoil, so many things are swirling around you, all you can do is is hold your footing and hold for what's right and take a stand. But as I get past that, and I say, okay, there's work to do, and I set out to walk towards Him, walk in His direction, walk for Him, sometimes sometimes. I miss the mark, and that effort is misplaced, but I come to tell you, you can get back on the right track, keep trying, keep moving, God's going to work with you. It all relates back to that perfect somebody, and that's God. In, In Psalm 51, David laments that it's not just what he does, but it's who he is that calls him back to God for forgiveness. Sin is not who you are. Don't let sin change your entire ministry. Don't let sin label you a certain somebody. It is not who you are. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When the devil tries to take all your past, all your problems, all your failures, and throw them in you like a, like a rap sheet, God says, turn that around, because that's a testimony. Keep walking. Keep marching. Keep living for God.
1: Praise the Lord everybody. Good, Brother Robbie. Anybody feel like you got spoken to? Amen. Got to get back up. Got to get back up. I love it when you don't get to talk to somebody about, what are you preaching? Let's compare notes, and let's get up, and let's really do that. I want to read from the book of 2nd Timothy chapter 3 you don't have to stand please 3 verse number 14 says but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them continue you got to keep getting back up. Can't stop now. You know too much. This room is filled with people who have gone through things. To give up now would be just such a waste. It would be just such a waste. It's just like, well, I'm just going to stop. I just ran, I'm running a marathon and I'm on mile 24. Sister Dakota, I'm not stopping Now. I already went through the hardest part. Yeah, it's difficult, but I want to go to the finish line. I want to make it to heaven. I want to go to the promised land. I want to talk about just this simple thought. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. Continue. Continue. Galatians 2.5 says continue in truth. I'm just going to throw some verses out here. I just, uh, just want to. I, I, there's a theme here. Pilate said what's truth? <laughs> well. He said we're told in Proverbs 23.23. 23, Buy the truth and sell it not. And also wisdom and instruction. And understanding. 17.17. 17, John sanctify them through thy truth. For thy word is truth. We're told to continue in truth. So recently, some of you can relate to this. If you have an occupation where it's, it's just redundant, if you know what I mean. A lot of you, I'm not talking to Sister Danielle. I'm not talking to you right now. Okay. I am, but I'm not. Okay. I'm talking to Brother Lance. Where's he at? Brother Trace. Or the Collins, some of you, they've been plowing snow. Up, down, forward, back, left, right. Sometimes it's up, left, and back. Sometimes it's down, right, and forward. But variables to it, but it's repetitive. And you keep doing that, and you do it hour after hour after hour. And what happens when you go lay your head down to go to sleep? You're still doing it. If you're inputting numbers into a computer and you do that hour after hour, sit to Twila, and you're doing that, and you lay down, you go, have you on them? We're continuing in that repetition that we've been putting ourselves through. Living for God is sometimes just like that. You just keep continuing. You keep pushing on. You keep moving forward. Sometimes you go backwards. Sometimes you lift it up. Sometimes you drop it down. Sometimes you tilt it to the left. Sometimes you tilt it to the right. But you keep on doing it. You don't stop. (laughs) We're told, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, John 8 and 31? Continue in the word. Continue in doctrine, First Timothy 4:16. Continue in that. James 1:25 tells us to continue in the perfect law of liberty. Continue in faith, Acts 14 verse 22. Starting to see a theme here. Continue in things. But I thought all I had to do was just believe. Can I talk to somebody today? Please, I, I just pray you listen to me for a moment. It's not just a one-time occurrence. That's a great place to start. But things are going to come up in your life. Storms are going to rain down on you. It does on the just and the unjust. You're in church. You're not in church. Bad things happen. Troubles come. Storms arrive. You got to just keep on continuing. You got to keep getting up brother Robbie. You can't lay down now. You can't throw in the white towel now. You got to continue in the faith. Colossians 1.23. Paul wrote it like this. Continue in the faith. Grounded and settled. Be not moved away. From the hope of the gospel. It's going to be for those who hang on. We're told in 962, I don't think you have this in Luke. You got to hang on to that plow. I'm paraphrasing. You don't let go of that thing. You let your, you let your grip go on that, those oxen are going to send you flying one direction or another. It's not time, church, to let up on your walk with God. It's not time to give up. It's not time to, to realize all I've got to do is just coast or cruise. devil knows he has but a short time. And so he's using his time wisely. It's a lot of times I don't use it so wisely. Just talking, just telling you. The CEB tells us of Colossians 1 23, you gotta remain well established, rooted in faith, and not shift away. The message Bible says it like this, and it's the message, it's not the Bible. Somebody who interpreted it their way, and I like what it says here. She says, Stay grounded and steady in the bond of trust, consistently tuned in to the message. Not time to give up, time to hang on. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. Do it again, brother. But I did it yesterday. Do it again today. I did it the day before. Just get up and do it again. I fell and I just feel like it's, it, God can't love me anymore. Just get up and you'll find out he can love you. He can forgive you. 1 Timothy 2.15. Continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. How about this? Continue in prayer. Colossians 4 verse 2. Now I am not in any way saying that the way I laid this out is not as a matter of importance. Because sometimes I said there's variables. But he said continue in prayer. It's important. They said it in Luke 11, 1. They said Lord teach us to pray. We see that there is power in prayer. Well, if we'll ask ourselves, sometimes we just need to be honest with ourselves. Anybody here have a conversation with yourself? Oh, dear Lord. altar's open. You can come pray now. Have those conversations. And that conversation says, says, Lord, teach us how to pray. Because I need to have power. I don't like being weak. I like being stronger. I like having a relationship that's founded that when a a little wind comes by or a little wave comes up and begins to rock the boat, I'm not like, oh, I want to give up. I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, hey, there's birthday cake down there. You can have some of that. Some of us just need to eat our vegetables. Chew it up. You may not like it, but it's good for you. Some of us just need to get off that bread, that breaded pudding and milk. I've got to keep on going. I, gotta st- I can't stop. And prayer is going to be something that is of the utmost importance. And yet it seems to be the lowest of the list of priorities. If it wasn't, then the church house would be filled on Tuesday night for prayer meeting. At a half hour before service starts, people would be lamenting in the altar in their pew in some different place. Visiting would be afterwards because prayer is of the utmost importance. My, my salvation requires that I learn how to pray, sister. It, it, just, it, it just requires that I learn how to pray. i got to learn how to talk to God. He said, after this manner, 6 and 9 of Matthew, this is how you ought to pray. Six twelve of Luke, he went out unto the mountain to pray and continued all night to prayer to God, whether there was a mountain or a garden or the nose of a ship or the bow, some place, any place that he could find just to have conversation. In the Garden, Adam walked with God. I don't think they talked about who was going to win the World Series. Or who was going to, you know, get the home run derby. Or who would be the most valuable player. Or, or who would, what stocks would be of great value right now to buy or sell. But it was just Adam just said, God, I love you. And God would just talk to Adam. And I think he was just like this. He said, I love you, Adam. You're the apple of my eye. All I want to do is talk to you. The angels, they got their own thing to do, but I want to talk with you. The angels are at my beck and call. What's he do with them? He says, go here, go there, do this, do that. And yes, sir, off we go. But mankind has the opportunity to go, God, I I love you. I just want to be in your presence. I just want to, how you doing? I said this before, if it's repetitive, I I don't forget. Don't forgive me. I, I don't care. Sometimes we need to hear things more than once, but... I remember when I first met my wife, it was like I was on the phone, I talked to her, and it was like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> She'd say, I'm good. Well, what you doing right now? Oh, nothing, just talking to you. Well, we're not really talking about much, and no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I just wanted to just hear her voice. I wanted to hear her breathe. I wanted to know I had her attention because (laughs) she was hot stuff, man. Wow. (laughs) And and our relationship then graduated from that. So now we don't even talk to each other. But no. (laughs) No. No, it shouldn't be that way, should it? We have communication. And our communication gets substance. And it gets direction. It's not about I want, I want, I want, I want. It's nothing about that. It's what do you want? What can I do for you? How can I how can I how can I show you how much I love you? How can I You you get the point that that prayer gets that conversation going and And it's of the utmost importance, whether it's on a mountain or it's in a valley or whether it's in the ship or it's in your closet or it's in your car. You need to find a place where you can just have communication with God. Hey, can I talk to some married people today? Can I talk to husbands and wives? You will not have a relationship with your spouse until you have a relationship with God. You've got to learn how to talk to God, so you can learn how to talk to your spouse. You need to treat him right. Treat him with patience. Treat him with love. Daniel continued in Daniel one twenty one. Daniel six ten. We know that what happened when they, when prayer was threatened, that if he was to pray, they would, you know, there would be a decree against him. He said in 10, six and ten, what did it say? He said, he went unto his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. Oh, you should be in real quiet here. Real reserved. Are you kidding? He kneeled down upon his knees three times a day and he prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did before time. Continue in prayer. Continue in it. No change. Persecution comes, pray. Good times come, Pray. And 2 and 42 of Acts said they continued steadfastly, like uh, as before. I'm sorry, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking bread and in prayers. All of those are important. Continue in doctrine, continue in prayer. Continue in fellowship. Oh, but it's on Sunday and I really don't want to come. No matter how many times sometimes you say this, there's some people are an exception to this. But they're not getting the full benefit. There is benefit in fellowship. There is benefit in breaking of bread. Well, I don't like what they cooked. Get over it. Praise. It works. Continue in praise. Read your book of Psalms. All, all of the Psalms are filled with praise. We've, we've been, the theme has been praise works. It's all about praise. When, when, when there's trouble in your life, you're feeling sick. I guarantee, uh, Pastor, talk about Brother Trace and some of you others who were sick last week. Some of you maybe even sick today. You're going through it. Guess what? You still got to praise him. And praise has a way of making things better. Praise, good times, bad times, in the morning, at night, when you're sick, when you're well, when you're rich, when you're poor, praise Him. I'm not even going to read Psalms 150, 1 through 6, it talks about praise, you know it. Praise, it works in so many other verses. Witness, don't stop witnessing. Acts 26, continue. Witnessing both in small and great. Two, both small and great. Got to witness, got to continue it. Continue in grace or in the grace of God, Acts 13:43. It's not purposeful. It's not that I sin so that I can get grace. Son, You said it, unmerited favor. And I was thinking after this, I said, in the only thing I'm not allowed or should not continue in, Romans 6, 1 said, what, shall we continue in sin? No, no. Are you going to make a mistake? Yes, because our brother just told us all the verses. All are going to sin. All are going to make a mistake. Every one of us. None of us have angel wings on our back. We're not heading out of here. This. We're not Elijah. (laughs) See, hey, through. We're not. We're working. We're a work in progress. Continuing these things, unmerited favor. Not only should I know that that. Merit, unmerited favor. That grace is available for me. But I need to learn to practice that on others. You say, but they don't deserve it. Ah. <laughs> and he takes it all back. <laughs> but I need it. So do they. We all need it. Unmerited favor. Goodness, continuing His goodness. Romans eleven twenty-two. 22. Continue trusting God. Proverbs three, verse five. One of the and six. One of the verses we've been reading out of the book of Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto that understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Give. So eloquently spoken, so often about giving, tithing. And offering, Brother Tostin. I, I, I appreciate your insight and your, your dedication to I, the principle of giving. It works, doesn't it, brother? It works. But if I stop giving tomorrow, what happens? I don't want to find out. I'm just going to continue giving. Giving of, of, of money, giving of time. How about giving of gifts? How about giving? I mean, the gifts that you may possess, your talents, your your uniqueness. We're all a member of the body. And that body needs every member. If we all run around with a bunch of heads, scary. We need hands and we need feet. We need all of the stuff that works together. Continue in fasting, denying your flesh. It's weak, but the spirit is willing 2641 of Matthew forgiving we got to exercise that we got to put that in into motion forgiving people we just have to do that and peter you just recently talked about how peter said what seven times 70 or seven times and jesus came back and said no 70 times 70 70 times 7 what was he saying to the to the common person, you and me, people that could understand, don't keep count. Stop keeping count, brother. Stop trying to keep score. Stop trying to get your, oh, oh that's three today. And four yesterday. And 12 last week. Please, life's too short. Stop keeping count. Just forgive. Just like he forgives us, Forgive. Forgive others. Continue in this. These are things that will help us. Wash, rinse, repeat. But I did it yesterday. Well, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to keep on doing it again. Yeah, but it didn't work last time I prayed. Ah. What do you mean it didn't work? How do you know? Well, I don't see the fruit of that. Continue. Forgiving. Love. going to love people. 15.9, I've loved you of John. Said I loved you. Continue in my love. How do we know that someone's a disciple? We're told that 13.35 of John, it's going to be the way they love one another. they love one to another. Don't just tell me you love me. Show me hear that so often that that terminology runs around throughout probably everywhere you go as well as me. It's just I love you. Don't know you but I love you. That's so fake. Not in any order of importance. Hebrews 13 one said let brotherly love continue. Stand if you would. I'm bringing this to a close. Variables. About continuing. We're told in 1 Samuel 12 verse 14. That we're to. The end of that verse says, Continue following the Lord your God. Last line. But it starts out saying. Fear the Lord. Serve him. Obey his voice. Do not rebel against his commandments of the Lord. Wash, rinse, repeat. And our opening scripture of 2 Timothy 3 verse 14. He said, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Can't stop doing it, brother. (laughs) Don't stop. You say, but you you don't know my situation. Please. Please. You're unique, but you're not the only one. You see me smiling? It doesn't mean that we're not compassionate and empathetic with what people are going through, but wash, rinse, repeat. Do it again. Love them again. Pray again. Love and forgive them again. Keep on keeping on. And the amplified says that in that verse, he says, "Holding tightly." Is that the amplified? Holding tightly to the truths. Continue to hold to the things that you have learned. Continue. And the message rendition says, "But don't let it phase you. Stick with what you've learned and believed." sure of the integrity of your teachers. Keep getting back up. Brother Robbie said it. Don't stop. Keep working. It'll just become natural. When you get to the point where you're laying in your sleep and you're still doing that action, then I think we've gotten to the right place. I think we're getting to where it's... I realize that when I'm all stressed out from plowing, I'm not in a great place. Because I'm like, nah. But when I get in a good place with God, and I keep doing what I know to do. Brother David, I keep coming to church when there might be opposition against me. When I still find that place where I can just Hear that still small voice. When I forgive that individual for that action or that behavior. When I love somebody unconditionally and give them grace or unmerited favor. When I continue in fellowship and breaking of bread and witnessing. We're heading in the right direction. Wash. Rinse. Repeat. Just do it again. Keep doing it. Don't listen to that voice that says it doesn't work because it does. Many of you are here right now because you did it again. When you didn't feel like it, when you didn't want to, when everything was against you, you just got up and did it again. It'll work. I'll get through this. These altars are open if you want to come pray. Thank you, Jesus. If you need to go tonight, God bless you. Don't forget Sunday is revival service with Brother Churchill.